些，哦， four to five hundred uh common era. So this particular commentary was translated by Xuanzang Da Shi, around six hundred plus common era. Yeah, so that's like way back. So, these two masters. So this is the author. This is the elder brother. So there's some background story about them. Because the two of them are brothers, and they ordain and become monks. But the elder brother enter into Mahana school and teachings first. And then the younger brother went into the Shravaka school under one of the lineage. Then later, the elder brother came and talk to him, and then they had some very serious, uh, very curious, even one could say, uh, debate. And then uh, the younger brother was convinced of the Mahayana teachings. Yeah. And then uh, what we call Hui Xiao Xiang Da. So meaning from the smaller vehicle, then turn towards the larger vehicle. So the two of them is is credited for starting what we call the Yuga Chara school. Yeah, and this this is a <coughs> foundational uh, commentary for this particular school. Yeah, in Chinese, when I write down the Chinese text, then you will ah this one. This is what we call Wei Shi. Wei Shi. Oh, Dri Pa. So this is literally consciousness only. Consciousness only school. So in this school, one of the one of the principal teaching is that this world, no, regardless of how vivid this world is, it it all exists only due to our consciousness. Yeah, on one level, we could understand it as. Without our consciousness allowing us to perceive this world, then this world will exist. Then on another level, it is that this whole world is manifested through the eighth consciousness, which we will go into more details in the future, in this and subsequent classes. So this is one of the major schools. Prior to this school is what we call Zhongguan, Zhongguan Wei Shi. So this this is this came later. Before this is Zhongguan. Zhongguan, Mother Nika.
Malanika school. These are the, the formal term, the, the original term that in Sanskrit and Pali, mostly in Sanskrit, because it's from the modern tradition. Yeah. So, <coughs> uh, what else? Uh, Venerable Asanga is Wutang uh, Pusa, and he's attributed to be the the one to have gone to uh, what is that place? Douxiaotian, uh, yeah, to to see somebody. Do you know who that person is? Who is uh, Maitreya Bodhisattva? Yeah, have you met Maitreya Bodhisattva? <laughs> no. Yeah. So this this person, Wu uh, Zhang is said to have uh, gone up to uh, this Douxiaotian, yeah, Douxita uh, heaven, right? Yeah, uh, and then uh, go and request teachings from. And then subsequently, from the teaching, then he wrote Yoga Chara Umisatra. Yeah. And that is the, the start of, the, of this Yoga Chara school, yeah. what we call Wei Shi. Yeah. So, uh, quite exciting. Huh? When's the last time you read a text that has this kind of. Uh, well, actually, all the sutras have. This is all the way back there. So <coughs> I'm going to share just a little bit on the, the formation of the Yukashara school, uh, according to what I learned from uh, my own teacher and also from my Dharma brothers. Yeah. So as I mentioned, from uh, in terms of timeline, uh, the Buddha's time. In the Buddha's time, there's no clear uh, mention of the different schools. Yeah. So in the Buddha's time, no such thing as Tung Kuan or Risi. Just Buddha Sasana, yeah. uh, the Buddha's teaching. And he referred to his, his teaching as Dharma Vinaya. Yeah. So in the Buddha's time, there's no such a term as Buddhism. Yeah. Uh, just Dharma Vinaya. Dharma referring to the teachings principles, and then Vinaya, the set of uh, rules, precepts, and so on. Yeah. Uh, within the teachings, would uh, also have references to the precepts, yeah. uh, but it would include the whole set of uh, teachings, including the Four Noble Truths, the Three Universal Characteristics, uh, the teachings on uh, uh, the, the gradual path, yeah, no way for path, and so on. Yeah. So, um, in the Buddha's time, when he first started teaching, he he established uh, to the first five disciples uh, the no way for path. Yeah, and he highlighted to them that uh, this path leads to enlightenment. Yeah, as I mentioned to another class yesterday from the book. In the, in the Buddha's words, uh, the Buddha uh, established this avoiding the two extremes. Yeah? Uh, I can see that most of you are the students from the year 3 class. <coughs> so you all should have 
uh, attended the year one and year two. So from year one and year two, uh, revision time. <laughs> uh, can you remember what are the two extremes? Uh -huh, self modification and uh, what is the other one? Sensual desire. Uh, yes. So the extreme of sensual desire and the extremes of uh, extreme asceticism or extreme self-austerity. Yeah. And the Buddha says to the five monks, avoid these two yeah, and then tread the middle way. And the middle way is none other than the noble Eightfold Yeah. So uh, this middle way is what is established in the Buddha's time. And this middle way, as defined by the Buddha, is the noble eightfold path. <coughs> so in the Buddha's time, there were many other religious uh, teachers uh, who taught uh, different things. Yeah. Uh, there were the Brahmins who were householders, uh, but they were religious. Like, so they were more akin to priests, yeah, the priesthood. They had the practice of worshipping Brahma uh, and consider that everything is created by Brahma. Yeah. Uh, so the Buddha uh, had many exchanges with this uh, these individuals, the Brahmins. And in fact, some of his own disciples were Brahmins. Yeah. And besides the Brahmins, there were also other ascetics, including some whom he practiced with, such as the five, uh, first five ascetics. Now, uh, as time passed, then um, more and more people came to know about the Buddha, and they, uh, some of them uh, came to learn from him, some came to challenge him. Yeah. Uh, and after engaging with him in question Q&A, yeah, and it's not the kind of Q&A we are used to, it's quite you know, uh, in your face. Uh, the aim is not to learn from the Buddha, the aim is to actually defeat the Buddha in his teachings. Yeah, because in the Buddha's time, it is said that um, whoever wins the argument, the person who lost, uh, all the, the students will become his. Yeah. Uh, not that the Buddha was hoping to get more stu students, uh, but other schools came to, uh, in a way, challenge the Buddha. So, when the Buddha was around, uh, and there were questions about the teachings, about the practices, then uh, they would come and consult him. And in the Buddha's time, you can already see how um, there were those who came to the to the order, uh, not really to learn or practice, uh, but you know Chinese we say to, uh, to make you know, to make a living. Uh, in what way? Uh, it's not that they just come in to get food, but they are cultivators also. So they decide that, huh? Uh, since the Buddha's group of uh, monks yeah, receiving so much support, but they don't want to change to, that, to the Buddha's teaching. 
but they just KK. Uh, uh, they just join in, learn how to behave like a monk, then uh, every day they dress like Buddhist monks, go for arms round. But they continue with their own teachings. Yeah. So in some of the exchanges, uh, you can see uh, this happening. And one very notable one was Barabha uh, Susima. Yeah. So he came in specifically to just learn, and then he would go back to teach his Dharma brother, yeah, his, which is which are not Buddhist monks, teach them how to dress like Buddhist monks. Yeah. Then there are those who were sort of convinced by the Buddha, and then became real Buddhist monks. But because of the past practices, they were so entrenched, they continued to hold on to their belief, yeah, such as the fire worshippers, yeah, such as those who were ascetics, who uh, practiced like uh, dogs, practiced like uh, cows, and so on. So as and when there are such disparity with what the Buddha taught, uh, some of the monks would consult the Buddha and say, hey, if I see some monks doing this, is it okay? And the Buddha would correct that and say that, no, that's not okay. Yeah. Or sometimes the Buddha would take the opportunity to simply just address them, to, 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 to share with them what is the correct way of uh, understanding the path and the teaching. So, um, fast forward to Buddha passing away. Uh, the teachings continue with Venerable Maha Kashapa, uh, and uh, he convened uh, the first council. Yeah? Now, if, if we then move forward further, then what do we find? <coughs> the formation of Madhanita School, Songkwan. Yeah. So, this school is attributed to Venerable Nagarjuna. Long Shu Puta, yes. Naga Juna. Naga is Long, Juna is Shu. Long Shu Puta. Long Shu Puta. So, uh, what I learned was that, what was then the formation of this first of all this uh, Madhya school? Yeah. I'm giving you all the background of why that we. So in the in the uh, in the time in the decades or centuries after the Buddha, there were those who 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 come into the to the order uh, became monks, but they held on strongly to their uh, views in the past. So some of them had them some of them were eternalists, and some of them were nihilists. Yeah, so the eternalists are basically those who Believe in the concept of a of a soul, of a permanent soul, yeah, something that exists without change. Yeah. Then there are those who are uh, nihilists yeah, or nihilists, and they believe that um, the, this life is the only life, yeah. not nothing to do with the past life or the future life. In the Buddha's time, these were present also, yeah, uh, but. <coughs> um, later on, it became more prevalent. So it is said that at some point, uh, Nagarjuna came up. Yeah, he came up, and then he refuted the growth of these wrong views, yeah, because some of them uh, interpreted what the Buddha taught in a in a way that they, their own mindset. 
Yeah? And so is a misinterpretation. So Venerable Nagarjuna came in to, uh, to establish. Yeah? So he, he used back the same term middle way. Yeah? Hence, Tong Kwan. Yeah? And, but here, uh, at the time of Venerable uh, Nagarjuna, or Nagarjuna Bodhisattva, he was not uh, asserting anything about the extremes of sensual pleasure and extreme asceticism. So he was asserting to avoid the two extreme views. Uh, two extreme views. And what are they? Um, uh, extreme views of eternalism and analism. Yeah. So, uh, so avoiding these two, then establishing the middle way. So for those who have attended the Hasutra, Class, then you'll be familiar with the with the phrase Yuan Chi Sing Kong. So I will not be going through in detail. Uh, uh, if you all cannot remember or haven't attended uh, in March, yeah, Sunday, not yet. The other center, the Hasutra class. So, um, the teaching on Yuan Qi or Sising Kong uh, in one, in this sequence of texts, directly uh, refute these two extreme views. Sising Kong for Chang Dian, Yuan Qi for Duan Dian. So, again, don't ask me the details now because this is this. This is just to give you the build-up. So, uh, so far so good. Then it seems to be okay. So for a certain period of time, everything was nice, you know. Uh, then at a later stage, for, for, for those who have read on Dongguan Madanika School, or you have attended some classes on this, you'll notice that one of the common questions is, so, if, if this is empty, that is empty, everything empty, then how about enlightenment? Also empty. Huh? Then karma? Also empty. Then everything empty. Yes, everything empty. Then, very, almost very naturally, then people will have the, have the question mark of, oh, then some would say, then what's the purpose of cultivation? Then there will be those who say, well, if everything is empty, then I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Uh, so from in, it is in this climate that uh, arise the teachings of Yoga Chara School. Yeah. Uh, so this, partic this particular uh, way of looking at emptiness in the Yoga Chara School is what we call Yeah, so, um, evil or wrong, resting of emptiness. So what is so evil and wrong about this way of understanding? 
because um, uh, the tendency for many people is that once you say it's empty, then we equal to nothing. Yeah, that since it has no essence, it has no substance, then it don't it doesn't matter. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, so uh, of course that's not the intended meaning of Tongguan. Uh, that's the wrong understanding of that. So in the Yoga Chana school, um, it uh, one of the uh, things that it answers is this. Yeah. Uh, it establishes that no, you cannot say that everything is empty the way you say it. Yeah. Uh, so it establishes that the whole world do exist. So hence, from there you can uh, you can almost imagine the these two schools starting to be in longer days now. Because one school says everything empty, and the other school says no, 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 this whole world do exist. But actually, later on we will explore uh, the way Banadika says that the whole world is empty, and the way Yogacara says that the world exists. Uh, the the two definition actually don't collide, but on name it seems to be in contradiction. Yeah, uh, and in a way it was positioned that way, uh, specifically to counter those who have wrong understanding of emptiness, because they are basically negating karma, and they are basically having this wrong view that, well, in that case if everything is empty, and anything that's empty ultimately you know literally cease, then it can do anything. Yeah. So in the Yuga Shara school, it asserts things do exist. How does it exist? It exists due to your the coming seeds from your ally consciousness. So you cannot say it don't exist. Yeah. Uh, it uh, refutes this wrong understanding of emptiness. Yeah. Uh, then from there, uh, it asserts there is karma, there is uh, the, the results of your action and so on. Now later we will explore, okay, in that case, who is correct? Uh, of course, you must know that this debate between these two schools has been around since the 5th century. Uh. So, uh, I'm sharing with you my understanding and what my late ordination teacher shared with us. How these two schools can actually coexist. Yeah. So, uh, with that, uh, you can see that this is a very key feature. That the very very key feature of this school is that this school do exist, but it exists in terms of our consciousness, yeah. And it is a manifest of our uh, karmic seeds, our karmic influence. Yeah. So the title of this commentary. Also shortened as Bai Fa. Also shortened as Bai Fa. So if you hear someone say Bai Fa, uh, we're talking about the same thing. So this it starts with Ta Chen Mahayana. The greater vehicle. The word Ta. There are three meanings to it. Ta, Duo, Shen.
So it's uh, big uh, numerous and Shen I will translate as superior or supreme. It's actually the word Maha, not that the word Ta has these three meanings, it's the word Maha that has these three meanings, correct myself. Yeah. Because the word Mahayana is actually from India. Yeah. Many people think oh, yeah, Mahayana Buddhism is from China. Uh, it's not from China. Uh, it originates from India. And uh, the person who can who is in a way attributed with the development, the historical development of Mahayana is Venerable Nagarjuna. Yeah, Venerable Nagarjuna. Yeah, because it is from uh, his time that there's a clear, uh, clear establishment of this uh, set of teaching and identifying of the series of sutras yeah, that is seen to be under Mahayana tradition. So. What is uh, this greater vehicle? Yeah, Yana is vehicle. So as you all know, the parable or the uh, parable of crossing the street. Yeah, from this shore of suffering to the other shore of no suffering. So in the Shravaka and Pachika uh, teachings, uh, the focus is how to remove and eradicate defilement in yourself. If you look at the Noble Eightfold Path, is there any mention about how to teach other people? Yeah, I mean, actually, we really don't see in the Noble Eightfold Path. doesn't mention anything about, oh, <coughs> what are the qualities of a teacher? How, to, how, how do you actually become a teacher? No. It just teaches you how to work on your own defilements and impurities. Yeah. So it is more supreme for uh, removing defilements. And hence, it's a, it is a, a very powerful way to put an end to suffering. Yeah. So, um, it is described as the, the solo vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, in the, in the text, it's called Hinayana. Uh, not my fault, uh. I'm just telling you as it is, okay? Yeah. Uh, but of course, today, People will say that, oh, shouldn't call it Hinayana, should call it Theravada. Uh, I'm not clarify something here. The term Hinayana uh, exists inside the sutras, certain sutras. You will not find these sutras inside the Pali Canon. Yeah? Uh, it exists in the sutras and the commentaries within the Mahayana collection. So uh, this term oftentimes translated as Xiao Chen. But Xiao Chen, if you reverse translate, uh, should be Chula Yana. Because Xiao is actually Chula, Chula is Xiao. Hina is Yeah. yeah. The term is even 
works <laughs> should be deviated. And so in the Chinese translation, some of the text actually uses this not xiangchen, it's liechen. Yeah, inferior. Wow. Sifu, you don't explain. Uh, you, the more you explain, the worse it becomes. Uh. At first, people just use Theravada, now become inferior vehicle. <laughs> but I want to clarify this, because after clarification, then you realize, okay, not so bad. <laughs> yeah. So, why is it that uh, Sifu says that uh, this Hinayana, today people say, oh, don't call it Hinayana, you should call it Theravada. Actually, in a way, uh, they should be separated. Uh. Uh, why? Because the in the sutra, in a way, it was referring to those different schools that were exist in existence uh, after the Buddha's time. Yeah, and specifically for anyone who is solely focused only on their own cultivation. Yeah. So, um, in Singapore, we have the privilege and the luxury of visiting many different centers. Yeah. Like for example, Buddhist Library, Bhante Dharma Ratana is a Sri Lankan monk, very senior Sri Lankan monk. Yeah. Uh, that day in one of the house blessing visits, so he was teasing me saying, Ah, you should come and sit here next to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, greater Vidika. Mahayana. <laughs> <laughs> so I I sit down. <laughs> so I sat down, then I say, No no Bhante, you to me, you are, you are more bodhisattva. <laughs> yeah, because uh, on an individual basis, uh, you, you will probably agree that there are many Theravadan monks who, who, who exude all the different qualities of a bodhisattva. Yeah, they are very giving. Giving not, not as in giving, give you a bow, but they are giving of their time. Uh, Bhante Dhammarakana spent his youth, which is now uh, very elderly. Uh, when he first arrived in Singapore, it was even before Sufu was born. Yeah. And he's, he's been in Singapore for 40 over years already. Yeah. Uh, and he still don't have Singapore citizenship. Uh, not that he cannot get that, but he, he has his. Uh, so we don't have the privilege of having him as a Singaporean. Uh, yeah. so, uh, from him and many other uh, Theravadan uh, teachers, both from the Sri Lankan tradition, the Vietnamese, the Thai tradition, uh, I personally feel that uh, to call them uh, Hinayana may not be befitting. Yeah. So why is it that in the text there's this mention of Hinayana? Yeah, it is as what I said earlier. The teachings itself is meant for coming up with a single person vehicle. Yeah. Uh, meant as that. So if you learn that path, it allows you to to practice. Uh, which basically means that uh, by definition, if you look at the Four Noble Truth, it specifically only focuses on how to get yourself out of samsara. And this is undeniable by all the different schools, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't say that if you do this, you cannot teach people. So the moment you teach people, under the Mahayana uh, way of categorization, the moment you say, I don't want to just do my own practice. After I'm done, I still want to spend my time to go and teach others. 
And in order to teach others, I want to improve myself. I want to learn how to teach others. I want to learn how to speak. I want to learn how to uh, observe people so that I know their, their strengths, their weaknesses, their qualities, their defilements. Uh, if you do on addition, in addition to the noble Sopa, if you do all that, then rightly speaking, you are a Bodhisattva. Instantly Bodhisattva. Oh, quite good. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so, Hinayana, as opposed to Mahayana, uh, actually is the attempt. So, what is the basis or what other basis is that? Uh, in the commentary and in the sutra, last time, Sufu, when I first heard this liaison, and I tell you there's another term in Yishe Siddhila Yudhashara Bodhisattva, which makes it even more, yeah, uh, or in Sata sorry, Mahana Sangraha. It calls those who have attained arhanhood and those who attain to Pachika Buddhahood as Teizu. Mm. What is Teizu? Well, Teizu is really Paikya. Yeah. Do you know what is Teizu? No. Don't know. Uh, I said Paikya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is Teizu? Teizu, Tsutsu is son, right, or child. Teizu yeah. is actually like half child, like half child. Yeah. yeah, so I, I tell you, really, y'all don't run off first. I won't know that that's good. So when I first attended the classes and I heard this explanation, well, I sat there really literally startled. So shortly after that, I went to see my teacher. At that point in time, Sifu was only ordained for less than six months. So I went to see my teacher. And I said to my late ordination teacher that I have some questions about the teachings. Then he said, okay, ask me to sit down. One on one, oh, I swear. <laughs> and then before I started, he said, uh, you are a monk. I am also a monk. When you come to ask questions, we are equal. Don't take it that you are uh, my disciple. Now you can ask. Wow. I, I was only a novice, so I, I haven't even gone for higher ordination. So this is one of the, before I even ask questions, I learned something from this. Uh, the attitude towards learning and answering questions. So I told him, in our lesson recently, uh, of course I don't like that. Uh, I, <laughs> I asked him this very, you know. Uh, so I asked, why is it that in the Commentary, Satasanwen, it calls those who are Arahans Beizu. I said, I don't agree. Can't see you. <laughs> so he looked at me, then he, he smiled and he said, Why do you think so? Why don't you agree? So I said, Well, in the Pali Canon, I haven't seen any such references that the Buddha called the Arahans in this way. So he asked me, he said, have you read all the uh, Nikaya? Have you read all of them? All of them? At the point in time, I only read a, a bit. Uh, no, I haven't. Then he said, okay, maybe you want to finish reading them <laughs> before you make a judgment. <laughs> so I said, oh, okay. Uh, so, 
from uh, that encounter, I mean that day he gave further explanation. Uh, but I must admit to you, uh, the further explanation was in the Because I was like, Ugh. So, but uh, I still continue learning. Uh, but because of this mental block, sometimes whenever it touched on what talked about how superior Mahana is, what wow, mental block, I can't believe it. <laughs> then, eventually I finished reading all the Nikaya. But too bad, after six months and one day, my master passed away. I finished reading the, the set after four years, three, four years. Cannot go and tell him, Shifu, I read through, and I never see the Buddha say this. But over the years, I we continue to listen to his teachings through the recordings, and I had many discussions with my various senior monks. I was like the only monk in the Mahana Center who was advocating Arahant Buddha, <laughs> or I was having uh, very fierce arguments and debates with everybody. So um, I can tell you that after all these years, uh, I have a I have a different uh, mindset. Um, I start to appreciate that one of the things that stuck on to me was uh, the the positioning of these statements. You see, these statements were said by the Buddha, uh, the the. Bodhisattvas towards those who are Arahants uh, from a certain angle. Say, for example, if you, if if let's say, uh, in in one of the class in NTU, I gave them this example. I said, imagine your niece and nephew. Yeah, uh, they tell you that, that you know they finish, uh, they finish their studies, uh, they they finish uh, O level. They don't want to further their studies. They don't want to come to NTU. Yeah. Or they don't want to go to university. They want to just go out to work. And then, but let's say it happens to you again. And you have seen your niece and nephew reach up to O level. And the O level, well, you know, 91 or what, you know. Then you're like, hey, you have so much potential. Why are you throwing it away? And then you tell them, you know, your father graduated from NTU. My father graduated from NTU. My oh, grandfather too old. Huh? Then your 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 uncle, I oh, so all everybody from NTU or NUS. How can you? I'm just using it as an example. I don't think that I'm elitist. Then it's on this basis that uh, someone would would basically sort of like tell off tell off the the, the younger ones and say. How can you turn back on this wonderful tradition? Yeah. And furthermore, it's not that you fail your whole level. You get straight A ones. Why don't you further your studies? You have more potential than that. So this statement is is directed at those who have already reached the, the level of Arahanthood. Yeah. And those who are already entered into the path. Yeah because they have the potential for greater things. So my late ordination teacher often highlighted to us, and so he made uh, something very interesting. Uh, he said, don't 
don't criticize others. I don't know how, how many of you have heard that like sometimes in the Mahana tradition or like Yaya, but my teacher is very unique. He keep on highlighting to us, do not criticize Arahans. Do not criticize those who have reached extreme material. Who are we to criticize them? They are in this vehicle, but who has the right to call them inferior vehicle? Those who are Buddhas. Those who are beyond their level have the right to say that, hey, you are inferior. Because they are trying to encourage them to go higher. But we are lower than them. <laughs> who are we to call them inferior vehicle? Understand? Yeah. So I, I feel very uh, blessed and privileged to have learned under my teacher <coughs> and my uh, various senior monks. Yeah, because uh, in Singapore, we, we have a, a exposure to the di various different lineages and traditions. Yeah. And sometimes it can be confusing. Uh, like how come one school call the other school names? Uh, calling each other names. So I hope this can clarify a bit. Yeah. And in case if any of you are for Hakor Tiramadan or Hakor Mahana, uh, you must know that the, the two traditions, uh, they're not so much in logarithmic learning. Yeah. Because all Buddha's teaching is aimed at helping certain beings become liberated. Okay. So this particular commentary is under the Mahayana uh, tradition. Uh, one last thing about Mahayana. Uh, what is so great about it? Tongsa San Chen So San Chen. What are the San Chen? What are the three vehicles? What is the first vehicle? Theravada. Oh, okay. I, I'm just repeating what you say. I never say it's correct. Huh? Theravada then. Mahana then? Then? Vajrayana. Ah, this is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you go and search Tatan Zang, San Chen, you will not see this. You will see Shravaka. Shravaka. Buddha. And Bodhisattva. Sermon Chen, Pizza Fo Chen, Pusa Chen. So this is according to Sutra. The Sun Sea, what you all mentioned, yeah, Theravada, Mahana. Vajrayana, uh, that is the three lineages. You cannot deny that there's, there's a lot of these schools from the Vajra school. Yeah. But actually it is a school. Yeah. Uh, but the, the way they teach it, uh, these are the three Yanas. Yeah. So why is it that uh, in the... Uh, today we look at it like, oh, it's Theravada and so on. 
Jaskirwada is one of the one of the branches of school that developed, whereas Shravaka is about the specific teachings. And so Shravaka teachings is inclusive of all the teachings that including uh, Four Noble Truth and Fukara, yeah, including dependent origination. Bajika Buddhahood apart teaches this also, but highlights on making aspirations and vows and uh, perfection of paramitas such that the person is able to attain enlightenment when there's no Buddha's teaching around. So those who are on Shravaka path, by definition, Shravaka listeners. Yeah? You, you, uh, in a way, the, the, the prerequisite is lower. Why is it lower? Uh, because on this path, you depend on the existence of the Buddha's teaching. So you don't have to remember so much things. Uh, but you must wait for the conditions. For the first one, your internal conditions is lower. You don't have to cultivate so much internally, but you depend on external factors. External factors is very important. Yeah? Uh, if there's no more Buddha's teaching, then you may you may stagnate, uh, until that Buddha teaching again, then you can progress again. Unless, somehow, while before the Buddha teaching disappear, you accumulate enough of the teachings, yeah, of your parameters, then you are able to attain Buddha, uh, enlightenment, even when there is no Buddha teaching. Yeah, so this is the way that Sutra make the distinction. The distinction is based on the way you attain enlightenment at different time periods. Yeah? And also on top of that, the last one, this is Bodhisattva path. Yeah? To, to not just strive for your own enlightenment, but also to cultivate additional qualities enabling you to guide and teach others. Yeah? So two things, uh, or rather three things. Bodhisattva path encompasses Shravaka practices. Uh, in the Bodhisattva vows, it highlights if, if a Bodhisattva uh, forsakes Shravaka teachings, that's a wrong, that's a misgiving. Yeah, it's a transgression. Bodhisattvas cannot forsake Shravaka teachings. So in fact, Bodhisattva have to learn Shravaka teachings. Why? Because a Bodhisattva, if he encounters someone who has the inclination towards Shravaka, he must teach him Shravaka teachings. If the person has inclination to, or, or aspiration to attain Pachika Buddhahood, he must teach him how to attain Pachika Buddhahood. And if he find that, ah, there are those with potential to attain Buddhahood, uh, he must teach him the Bodhisattva path, enabling him to attain Buddhahood. So, Mahana is greater because it encompasses all possible paths. And of course, if you consider uh, Yin Sun Tao Si's uh, Zi Dao, uh, then even this is this is the enlightenment path. Uh. Prior to this is the path to the two other two other paths. Yeah? Path to human rebirth and path to heavenly rebirth. Buddha also teaches that. So if Buddha also teaches, then Bodhisattva must learn this also. Yeah. Whereas for Shravaka path, you just focus on getting out. <laughs> <laughs>
So it's, uh, this is one more factor one is called Mahayana. Okay. Any any questions? No. Huh? Okay. So Asan, by far, hundred Dharma. I'm gonna use Dharma with a small M, a small D rather. So here, by far, it's referring to hundred Dharma or hundred phenomena. Search online, there are various different translations for a title. Yeah. Uh, the way I was taught this uh, meaning is uh, is to describe that this uh, the door this door is to describe uh, a way, yeah, a way, yeah, a way into the Mahayana approach of looking at this world, and this way is described as Ming. Uh, wisdom. The, 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 the way to look at this world with wisdom, in other words. Uh, and the way in this particular commentary is to break down the whole world into hundred different categories. Hundred different categories. Of course, if you think about it, are there only hundred things in this world? No. no, there are a lot of things in this world. Huh? So these hundred different phenomena are categories. They are not specific things. Hundred different categories. So where did this this term five come from? Uh, you can actually find this in various other commentaries and sutra. Yeah, in one of the texts, it says that. For Bodhisattva uh, to reach or uh, cultivating at the first stage enlightenment, yeah, uh, this is one of the key things to learn. Yeah. And on top of that, the perfection of giving. Uh, so these two together. Uh, so this Baipa, this commentary starts off with a verse. Do you all remember the poster? That you all see. Also, it's here. Hurden, Hurden, also, it's here. Then, also, it's here. Also, it's here. Hurden, it's here. Then, Fenway, Uwe. So first categorized into five sections. Then this five is split into hundred. Yeah. And it splits the whole world into uh, what we call sing, uh, usually translated as heart. Uh, but not the physical heart, uh, but uh, the term chitta or heart. We'll go into the explanation now. Then sing, uh, sing shuo. Mental competence, uh, the counterpart to the heart, uh, also mental uh, qualities, uh, mental uh, 
uh, factors or processes. So together, the first two forms the, what we call the heart or the mind. Then uh, after that, you have physicality and so on. Yeah. So, sing, sing so, then sing fa, sing so fa, then se fa, sing ku siang yi sing fa, then ui fa, then altogether five. How many of you are complete kantan? Complete kantan. Go read French parts of it. So, zero, tatao, Chinese. Huh? A bit. Uh, okay, so, so, some of you attended the third year class, then you all will, when you open up this text, you all will have a great time. Huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, I I did try to look for uh, the Chinese, uh, I mean the English translation, yeah, but uh, it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. So until someone, uh, I still haven't found the time to do the translation. So uh, what I will do as before is that I'll go through the text and then I will write down some notes in English. I will, all explanation is still in English, but I will be using this text, the one that you all have uh, in your hand, and then we'll go from there. You know? So if you can follow me and turn to the first page here, we find one. This, this text is actually from a book yeah, by, I think it's from Xue Pasi, and in this book, there are actually, um, I think, three sections. And this is one of them. Uh, this is one of them. So the first category, Sing Fa. two categories are mental, this is physical, and the first one is 
sing, I'm going to, sometimes I will use, for this class, I will use heart and mind loosely, okay? Because uh, in, in uh, modern literature, we usually say mind and body. We seldom say heart and body. Yeah, because in modern times, heart usually links to emotions. Uh, but in Buddhism, the word sing is a, an all-encompassing term. Yeah. I will later explain the difference between sing yi shi of this tree. So for, for now, I'm going to just refer to this as the mind, then the mental concomitants. This is the technical term, concomitants. And then physicality, and this sing pu xiang ying xing fa. So, this is actually the complement of the first two. Okay? Uh, so, sing pu xiang ying xing fa is actually referring to um, not, not just this nor this, but all those other things that is actually a combination of these two. Yeah, or sometimes, Nothing to do with these two. Uh, and we will explore later to see what this is, okay? Yeah. So this is kind of like um, the word Xiang Ying. Uh, one translation is connected. Yeah. So that which is not connected to the heart, the mind, yeah, or the uh, but it's also not just physicality. Okay, because if you say not not the mind then physicality, uh, but this one is not the mind but also not physicality also, uh, because physicality is really covered. So in a way, this is neither. Okay? Uh, this is neither. Oh, this is neither, this not this. So far so good? Yes. And then this whole category, up to number four, these are all your wave so these are conditioned phenomena. Phenomena. Uefa. is basically things that uh, depends on conditions to arise to exist. Yeah. So all these are under this. Okay. And then this is not this. So number five is not one, two, three, four. Because it's unconditioned. Okay. So with this picture, I hope it becomes clear that this uh, basically describes all the things in this world. Yeah. If it's mental, it's in fact one or two. If it's purely the mind, then it's number one. Yeah. Uh, but later we will look at the, the, the way it defines and describes number one and number two, yeah, the heart or the mind versus the, the mental concomitants uh, or what we call uh, the different mental processes. Okay? Uh, what is the distinction? So if it's not the mind, but physicality is under number three. But there are other things that 
uh, is not mind, not physicality also. Yeah, uh, friend is under another form. But all these are still conditional. Okay. Uh, then the the Buddha did highlight what is unconditioned. What is unconditioned? Nibbana. The unborn, the deathless, the unconditioned. So this is the framework that we're going to start off with. Okay. So let's come back to page one. Wei Bai Ha, and today we are covering this. Oh, this is a big piano. 被我自己骗了。I got conned by myself. I thought it's red, then I draw become black. So, what does that tell us? Looks can be deceiving, ah. Yes. So, first line. Sing Fa. So this is the first major category. Sing Fa. Sing Fa, the Tong Yi. So the common meaning of, so we start off with the meaning of what is called Sing. What is called Sing. So the word Sing, usually translated in English as Heart. In Pali Sanskrit is Chitta. Chitta. So a related term is E. What we call mind. And then some something else that is also connected is Shi. And this is specific to the function of the heart, the ability to to differentiate, to think. Yeah. Then consciousness is what we call vishnana, or in Pali, vinyana. Long sentences for a while. And see my hands. Then my Chinese word look like my English word look like Chinese word. Then my Chinese word I don't know what it does it look like. Have have you come across these terms before? Yes. I hope so. No. So the 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 term that is more common for us is mind. Yeah, uh, and consciousness, right? Yeah, 
So you'll notice that if you read sutras or commentaries, uh, usually you only see uh, this, this, or this. Yeah, you will find that uh, in the Buddhist text, there's no mention about emotions. Yeah, unless it's an explanation in modern times, then they will explain this is actually emotions. Huh? There is also emotions, but in the Buddha's time, no emotions is part of the mental construct. Uh, part of mental construct. So in, in, in modern times, we have a lot of terms for emotions. Yeah, have a lot of terms for emotions. So um, when you talk about mind, um, heart, mind, and consciousness, there are, there are different terms. But <coughs> let me draw from here a picture to give you an illustration of what it is. So. You could say that if this is sing, then one of the function is e, and another function is su. So when uh, when our our senses come into contact with this law, then the heart start to become active there. Uh, when that happens, the initial activity is very mild, yeah? and it is what we call liao bie. So it's just some form of awareness. Yeah? You start to become conscious of visible things, just conscious. Conscious of audible things, conscious of things that you can smell. Uh, we call that consciousness. The mind, the heart, uh, has this function. When the senses come in contact with this world, uh, it thinks, uh, oh, there's something there, okay. But after having this initial contact, the mind may start to uh, feel even more, start to have oh, discrimination over it. Yeah? This further ability, we call it the mind. Yeah, number two. Collectively, everything is actually sealed the heart, seen. Okay. So consider, where are you now? Buddhist library. Buddhist library. Yeah. Do you agree? Say yes. Yes. If I say that you are in Singapore, is it correct? Yes. If I say that you are on Earth, is it correct? Yes. Yes. If I say that you are in the Shrine Hall of Buddhist Library, is it correct? It is still correct. Yeah. Uh, so the same place has many different names. It's the matter of granularity. Uh, so if you tell someone, if you text your friend, or someone is coming to pick you, then the person asks you, where are you now? Then you tell them, try home. <laughs> then after that, you know, after what time do we spend the class? 9.30. 9.30. So at 9.30, your friend go to some shrine hall. Then after that, you finish class, 9.35, you text your friend, where are you now? Try home. 
that's why I'm at the gate, I don't see you. I'm there. The gate is red color. No, this, this gate is not red color. Or wrong shrine hall. <laughs> uh, so, uh, being static has certain purpose. Yeah? It helps you to, to, to be very clear about the role and function of that entity. Yeah? Uh, but sometimes in certain contexts, it's important to give you give people the larger uh, larger perspective also. Yeah. So um, at at different instances when the mind functions differently, then the Buddha used different terms to describe them. Yeah. Hence this distinction. Uh, some students have asked me, Sutu, Buddhism is very hard now. First of all, we must depend on ourselves to attain enlightenment. We must practice, you know. And to practice, you must learn so much things. Then, as I learn, the more I learn, the more confusing it becomes. <laughs> yeah. we, we didn't make it confusing, huh? We are so confusing. <laughs> the Buddha didn't make it confusing. We are so complex. Yeah. So, with this as a as a the, the, the framework or scope. Yeah, so now let's look at the text. What is the meaning of this first first word here? Yeah, sit, chitta or hat. Okay, shall we? So the common meaning to the word chitta, they are all together. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, six different meanings to it. The first meaning, jiqi ningxing, jiqi ningxing. So uh, the first the first stanza here, ji zu ji zu fa zhong zi so the first meaning, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to explain every single word, uh, but I'm going to give you the, the meaning itself. So the first meaning, so the word sing or heart, it has six different meanings as defined in this text. The first meaning is the ability to um, to aggregate, to accumulate uh, something. Accumulate what? Accumulate the seeds uh, of that can give rise to all other uh, all other things, and this function, yeah, this first name is specific to only one one thing in this world. Uh, the number eight consciousness. Okay, number eight consciousness. So. So if consciousness has this function to uh, accumulate, to aggregate uh, the seeds yeah, that can give rise to uh, all things. Yeah. So this is one of the meaning of the word chitta, heart. But it is specific to only if consciousness. Okay? 
the first of those. The next one. Oh yeah, here yeah, that's a term. Alayesu, alaya consciousness. So this is. So this is Alaya. What is the meaning of Alaya? Uh, it breathes storage. Uh, storage, like a bank. Uh, like a storage place. Okay? Alaya means storage. So what does it store? It stores the karmic seeds. So Chitta has this meaning. Yeah. The ability to store. Store what? Store that which arises and that's coming to. Number two meaning. Ji ji ming sing. Ze yu nen ji he suo ji de yi yi. Tan ze li wei qi nen ji de gong nen. Ze shi shu yi qian qi zuan shi de zuo yong. Ta men nen xun xi yi ba shi zong de. So this is about how, as I mentioned, number eight uh, can accumulate, yeah? you can plant seeds there. So there is the planter and the plantee, <laughs> yeah, and the planted. Okay? So the planter, who, who plants the first seven consciousness, yeah? the first seven consciousness, the ability to plant. So, Chitta has this second meaning, yeah. uh, ability to plant, ability to, uh, the, the common, the, the, the official technical term is perfume. Uh, it's the same word as, you know, the uh, perfume. And this is, this in the, in the larger commentary, they explain how uh, the way the seeds are planted, it is like if you have a piece of cloth and then you burn some insects and you hang the, the cloth nearby. After a while, the cloth has the smell of the insect without touching the insect. Uh, and then the longer you expose it to the burning insects, the stronger it becomes. So using this as an example, uh, it describes like uh, if you allow yourself to keep on having wholesome thoughts, uh, then the wholesome thoughts become imprinted there. Uh, if you then sometimes have unwholesome thoughts, uh, then it's also imprinted there. Uh, uh, so the term they use is Xin Xi. Yeah. Xin is to perfume. Xin Xi is repeated. Yeah, repeated perfume. Uh, so this Second meaning is uh, the ability to perfume, yeah, and this is referring to the first seven consciousness. Number three, Yuan Lü Ming Xing. Five Xing Wang Dou Nen Yuan Lü Zi Fen De Jing Jian. So another meaning of Chitta or Heart. Is the ability to uh, to focus on something, or to 
or to um, in a way give attention to yeah, uh, direct towards something towards what? Uh, there are eight different consciousness each one has its own corresponding target uh, each one has its own corresponding target yeah. but only mind can direct direct it towards something yeah. uh, physical things it, it doesn't do that of course you know now you, you use this camera here you can direct towards something huh? uh, so there's some similarity but here is talking about the mental aspect Mental aspect. So, for yes. when you say mind, are you referring to the sixth consciousness? Uh, no. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, here I'm loosely using mind to describe seeing. Uh, uh, if I use heart, then you may confuse thinking it's an emotional part. Uh, uh, but rightly, rightly, using this, uh, if I translate, I should use heart, or as I explained earlier. Do you all prefer if I use heart or mind? I'm, I'm okay with using either one. Yeah. Which one do you all prefer if I use heart or mind? Or sing? Huh? Okay, how many of you mind? How many of you heart? How many of you know heart? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I use mind. Uh -huh. okay. So, in this case, I'm loosely used interchanging yeah, mind and heart yeah, interchangeably. Okay. But later on, when there's a part that talks specifically about mind, uh, then I will highlight. Okay, uh, that's the six number six and number seven. Uh, the two of them have some interesting relationship. Okay, so Yuan Liu Mingxing, the ability to direct and uh, direct the attention, uh, have a corresponding target. Xing Yu Mingxi, Shi Shi Liao Bie Yi. 就是与自所言境能了别觉知 So number fourth meaning is um, that uh, the, the heart uh, here I must use the word heart uh, because it becomes more clearer heart is also known as consciousness uh, so just now I draw that diagram right heart is also known as consciousness when is it called consciousness? when it's used to describe uh, the very raw functioning of the heart yeah, or mind, if you will yeah, as far as Liao Bie very rudimentary awareness so uh, for many of you who have attended my class you will have done this experiment but I will still do it if you have done it before uh, you can try again but not so fun the second time round can you all uh, let me see how can you all see this uh, cross here? Can you all see? Yeah. So look at this cross. Okay? Don't look at me. When you look at this cross, can you see my hand? Yeah. Can or not? Yeah. But don't look at my hand. While looking at the cross, can you see my hand? Yeah. yeah. And also don't look at me. Uh, I know it may not be easy, uh, but <laughs> look at the cross, okay? Now, while looking at the cross, you can roughly know that my hand is moving around, isn't it? Now, I'm going to write something here, okay, while we look at this place. You should be able to see that I'm moving my hand, but you, 
without moving your focus, you continue looking at this cross, you see whether you can tell what I'm writing here. Okay? I'll continue to look at this place. And I'm going to write something here. Can you see? Cannot write. But you can see my hand moving. Yeah? So take a look at what I wrote. Something. Yeah, I didn't tell a lie. Super cannot see. cannot see. Cannot see it by your phone. Wonder cannot see because it's blocked. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote something here. Uh, so even if even if hey, Jella, how come it's like that? No wonder you cannot see. <laughs> oh, it's it's the highest already. Oh wait, how come? Uh, hang on, uh. Is it better? Or worse? Get up. Is there a difference? No. Huh? Is there a difference? No. Okay, now. Draw the cross here. Mm. Okay. If you focus on the cross, can you read what is here? No. Cannot read. No? When you look at this, can you read? Oh, still cannot read. Yeah. Look at the yeah. cross. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we cannot see it on my finger. <laughs> How come this one is there? Better. Okay. So when you look at this cross, can you see this? When you look at this cross, can you read what is here? No. Can I read? What do you see here? Something. Something. Some, <laughs> <laughs> something blur. Uh. But when you look at it, then you can read it. Uh, so, early on, when you look at the cross, and you cannot see the something here, but you can see that there's something here. <laughs> you can see my hand move here. Yeah? But you cannot be specific what I'm doing there. Right? So the ability to see that my hands are moving, uh, that's a function of the I consciousness. Uh, In modern terms, it is called peripheral vision. Uh, peripheral vision. Interesting, huh? Yeah. So, it, so this... this this, uh, this, very interestingly, imagine this teaching was translated by Xuanzang Da Si, and then it was written before him. And then back then, there's no <coughs> fMRI machine. <laughs> yeah. uh, but somehow, this was already taught. Yeah. So, uh, eye consciousness, ear consciousness, nose consciousness, tongue consciousness, bodily consciousness and mind consciousness. So we have <coughs> later we'll go into details, okay? So I'm now just listing them out. So from the eyes to the body, uh, I, I I just write down uh, eyes, ears, nose, tongue. Do you all need me to write the Chinese words? Oh I see a lot of 
Uh, it, it's, it's inside, Chinese source is inside also, so that we can spend more time on the teaching. Body and mind. So, as far as the first five consciousness is concerned, uh, the function of the when I come in contact with physical form, okay, uh, let me draw it this way physical form, when this comes in contact, then I consciousness arise, okay, when ears come in contact with sound then ear consciousness arise, okay, and so on, yeah, so sound, form, sound, smell, taste, touch, and mental objects, so as far as the first five consciousness is concerned, uh, it has only the function of here, uh, being aware, being conscious in a very rudimentary level. Yeah, you are only only aware that there's something there. Yeah, uh, only aware of the color. Yeah, sir. You are only aware of sun that there's sound. Yeah, but you cannot distinguish what is what exactly is that sound. How can we know that? So, for example, uh, this, is a, this is the same example I give every year. Huh? So, this is only a revision. <laughs> when you look at this, you can read. When you look at this, and you cannot even read. But now, those who okay, I cannot say it out. Those who can read, don't say it out, okay? Can you all promise that? Okay. In front of and Buddha behind us. <laughs> but let's see. Surely someone was. Okay, let's see. Uh. Oh, not back this class. Surely don't say it out. So, <coughs> what is this? Now you can say. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Huh? Uh, Japanese character, ah, uh, the first hiragana. Uh, e, U, uh, oh. uh, okay. uh, so, for the rest of us who haven't uh, come in contact with hiragana in Japanese language, when you see this, what do you see? Hello, Sufu, your handwriting is very horrible. Right? <laughs> uh, write Chinese right up to you, I cannot understand. Yeah. So, what is happening here? Uh, when you look at this, your eye consciousness can see the distinction yeah, of the black and white and then the mind consciousness try to interpret yeah, the mind the mind consciousness try to interpret but can it interpret if you never learn Japanese no cannot uh, so from this experiment how can we how can we see the eyes don't cannot interpret uh, the eyes cannot interpret it's the mind that interprets uh, anyone tell you, oh, uh, how can you be so sure you do this experiment? Further, I'll give you an, another example. How do you pro how do you read this word? Eh. Uh, very simple. I think primary school they learned this. What is that? What is eh? 
空气，空气，怪空气，哎，啊，哎 ，see someone， 啊 ，very good 啊 ，this is air 啊，可以这样吗？啊 ，this is air right， so， but， anyone from Indonesia？ 啊 ，if you are from Indonesia， you will read this differently， 啊耶，啊 ，it is this the， in Singapore。Malay, Malayu for air, for for water. Hi. Yeah, but in Singapore we don't spell it this way. We spell it. Hey, sorry. Y E R. Yeah, we are very explicit. Ah,、uh. uh, in Indonesia they spell it this way. Ah,、uh, so if you go to、uh, Indonesia and you see the word A I R, R is water. So what's happening here? Even though you can see. Your mind can interpret, but it depends on how you interpret it.、Uh, so this word itself, depending on how you interpret, it can have different meaning.、Uh, it can have different meaning. We will come back to revisit this later. Yeah,、uh, but this will give you some will give you some clue about how. Huh. Okay. First of all, this part here, 心又明事 Yeah. So. Heart is also known as consciousness, and consciousness has the ability to is the function, the ability to、um, to be aware,、yeah? but not organized.、Yeah? And the mind itself or the heart has all these different different functions. And because of all these different different functions, how we look at this world, heart is actually very subjective. Ah,、huh? uh, very subjective. Later, we will, as we go through the commentary, we'll see how how much more subjective. Okay. Okay. So, 能了了别觉知 So, besides consciousness, besides、uh, being aware,、uh, being conscious,、uh, there's a further function which is for the mind.、Uh, so, the first five. For the mind, ten years. Ah, ten years is what we have gone through. Ah, to be able to differentiate, to discriminate, to cognize. Ah, to cognize. So. In the yoga shara school, it. Highlights it emphasizes how this whole world exists through this process of us、uh, interpreting what we come in contact with. But we don't realize that what we see in our mind or experience in our mind is not the objective thing outside. It's the subjective reality. That is linked to the outside,、uh, but painted, coloured by our subjective mind. Ah, we, we, this, ah, in Wei Shi, says, ah, ah, when we perceive this world, ah, people are five and twenty kingdoms, all through the senses, ah, senses, want to distinguish, senses, see. 
，呃，他又是跟外境有一点关系，啊、呃，他是依外境，但是是相似而已。So the trouble is that, so what's wrong with that? The trouble is we don't realize this, because since young, since born, it's always like that. Since beginning last time, is we we interact with this world in this way. So hard for us to know that. Hey, actually, what we see outside is not what is really outside. Why? Because we have never seen the world, outside world without this coloring, uh, and that's the challenge. Uh, that's the challenge. Okay. Fine. Xin you ming yi. So this yi, so this yi here, mana, mind. So this is. The, the source of yeah, the mind. Xing you ming yi, yi ji si liang, you wu jian jue, wu jian jue, ji xian si liang er yi. Wu jian jue tong yu shi, tong yu zhu shi, xian si liang wei ju xian yu di qi shi. So, Slowly, we can really establish. Huh? This is number six. Then there's number seven. Okay, number seven. What is it? Mana. 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 Ah, mana. Ah, alaya. Alaya. Ah, did you say in uh, Hokkien? Alaya. I don't know how to say it. Uh, I, I never say this in Hokkien before. How to say this in Hokkien? Ah, uh, uh, How to say this? Lai. How to say in Hokkien? Lua. 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 So these two are... These two are what we call, uh, these two are what we call transliteration. Yeah, so they adapt the sound. Yeah, uh, so the the wording itself, if if you go and search dictionary, more and then not, uh, no meaning. Uh, it's actually transliteration. So this more not is actually mind. Yeah, but it's given a, a special place as the seventh consciousness. Yeah, as a seven consciousness, but here we are not going into details yet. Here is just highlighting that heart has this meaning. Uh, one of the other meaning, number five, fifth meaning is heart also means mind. And mind, uh, in the sutras it says, uh, what is the one quality of mind? So from one moment to the next moment. Uh, of the mind, this this moment of the mind, for it to arise, then the previous moment must disappear. After the first moment has disappeared, then the second moment of the mind can appear. Then uh, So between these two, there's no, there's no separation. Uh, one after another, one after another. Uh, mind has this quality. Wujian. Uh, So as far as our existence is concerned, 
uh, our mind seems to be uninterrupted. Huh? Yeah. But actually, when you think about it, when you go to sleep, then you wake up in the morning, what happens in between? Dream. Sometimes you have dreams, sometimes you don't have dreams. Yeah. Uh, when you have dreams, then it's like, wow, whole night very busy, wow, uh, so make up now. Yeah. But if you have no dreams, then it feels like you go to sleep, and then the next morning you wake up already. Yeah? It doesn't seem like there's any interruption. Uh, but actually, when you go to bed, then if this, this is the consciousness, uh, then when you fall, fall asleep without dreams, then all the consciousness will Then, if the whole night you don't dream, then the whole night there's no arising of consciousness. Then the next morning, when you wake up, then consciousness arise again. Yeah. Uh, so, chronologically, there's actually this gap. But between these two, there's no other mental activity. Uh, so, mind has this uh, quality. Uh, then there's the jue, wu jian jue, then xian shi liang. So, uh, be able to uh, reflect, to think about something that's directly in front of us. Uh, the mind has this function. Uh, so, wu jian jue tong shu yu shi, throughout all the different uh, consciousness, then xian shi liang wei ju xian yu yi di qi shi so it is specific to number 7 uh, for the uh, ability to, to think uh, this and that uh, but there's some interesting relationship between number 6 and number 7 uh, we will see later uh, because this is actually just the overview okay then number 6 呃,居特生的原意,则为第八名士,明星,第七名义,前六士,前六名士。So this 876,画的这876 is basically referring to, uh, sorry, I must say this in English again. Uh. So number, uh, number eight, number seven, and the first six. Uh. So number, Eight, number seven, and the first six. That's one, one, two, three, four, five, and six. So, <coughs> so just now we talk about the that this all these six are the different meaning of heart or mind. Yeah. So number six meaning is that uh, according to that specific meaning. Uh, then we give them all eight different different names. Yeah, and what are the different names? Number eight, then is solely only number eight called heart. Number seven is mind. Then number one to six is consciousness. Okay. Ten. Okay. Yeah. This is the number six meaning. So although we say collectively all these one to eight are all mind, uh, but they have all this variety of different functions. And because of all the different functions, 
uh, we give them different names at different times. Okay? Uh, this is the opening. Uh, this is the opening. Any questions? We have five minutes. Any questions? Uh, seven is the mind. <coughs> seven, oh, what does your mind do? Uh, not just quack, you also. Yeah, all of us, all our minds are all shabu. So number seven is called mana, the mind. But here, number seven is given a special name, Ranbuyi. Uh, Ranbuyi. Later, because this is just the opening, the whole of the this first chapter, all these are will describe in detail the different consciousness. So I just give you the name first. So what is Ranui? Tainted mind. Tainted mind. Tainted mind. Yes. Can you repeat? Is it like Sin is the eight, number eight. Yi is the number seven. Si is first six. So this that's is the matching how the uh, the number here to there. Yeah. So uh, this is the number six meaning of the word ha. Which one? Number six meaning of the word. Yeah. So okay. <coughs> if y'all if y'all if y'all put your text like that, huh? Easier. Okay. So this is connecting, huh? So we have covered from the opening sing fa the hong yi the common meaning of the of the word ha okay from number one to number six uh, and each of these is describing a different meaning of the word ha why do we call it ha uh, then Sifu went through the different different meaning uh, so for number six then it says uh, but you can also give them, uh, uh, they can be called differently, yeah, based on their function. Okay. Uh, so you can be specific also, or you can be general. So generally, all anything that has all these, any of these functions can be called hard. In other words, if you want to be general, then you can say that uh, eye consciousness is function of a heart. Which is true, isn't it? Yeah. Ear, the ear consciousness is function of the heart. The ability for us to be aware of sound uh, is a function of the heart. Uh, so that's a general way of calling it. But uh, if you want to be specific, uh, number six, this number six, yeah, uh, then it says, uh, if you want to be specific, then you can name it accordingly. Then, it, then you say, number eight, only number eight is called heart. 
Then number seven is called mind. And the first six consciousness is called consciousness. But actually... So, if I tell you now, then later, it's not fun. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you watch Star Wars, then you haven't watched Force Awakens, then I, you ask me about Force Awakens. Uh. Spoiler. Uh. Then the rest not fun later. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. It will be covered uh, in the next lesson. Uh, if you can reach it. Um, yeah, because I write down, then I remember some of this while I explain until stage you know. Then after don't know how many lesson or oh, finally which or oh, I think yeah, I think Alaya consciousness we took a long time before we reach it like yeah. yeah, So don't worry. Mana mana is very close. Uh, mana is here. No? Mana is that right. Mana is not quite close. Nearby. Uh, at most two more lessons. Can I? Okay? <laughs> I already said a tainted mind. <laughs> uh, tainted mind. But don't know, we are still going to explain, okay? Yeah. And then, yes. Yeah. So, in the, in the number six, yeah. Under this, this kid, yeah. Under this kid, uh, that only Alaya consciousness is called Alaya. Uh, yes. Oh, Wu Ting Sing Kwan. Wu Ting Sing Kwan is, uh, uh, what is that? Uh, is the cultivation of different practices like Wu uh, Ting Kwan, uh, then Su Sing Kwan. Then, uh, what is that? Uh, 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 what is that? Not Bible one. Guang Ming Xiang, and so on. Yeah, this is one, uh, not directly related to this, uh, but more related to meditation. Uh, it is to counter uh, the different, different kind of defilements and some like. So within this uh, commentary, uh, unfortunately, not I don't think it's covered. Uh, yeah. But that one is more related to meditation. Yeah. I, I almost want to ask, would you be interested to find out more? Mm -hmm. uh, but the other day I was telling some students, I said, 